1: Hello. Rawr. Oh my God. <laughs> Hello and welcome Rawr. to the show, Relevant Recovery Radio. Rawr. For your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosher. Howdy. Have you had more cold brew?
0: I had a full cup of cocaine cold brew on the way here.
1: This is why I can't ride with you over here. <laughs> got to separate myself from the insanity.
0: you got to say the things and then we'll talk about my, cold ca- my cocaine <laughs> cold brew.
1: You're making fun of my language barriers.
0: You irregardless. Mean, oh, this Lord. This show is
1: sponsored by the Matthews Hope there Foundation. There is
0: no ear in the <laughs> word regardless.
1: Uh, welcome to the show today, Relevant Recovery Radio. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a wonderful detox program, an outpatient location in beautiful downtown Houston. Are you sure
0: it's wonderful and not wonderous?
1: Listen. <laughs> Listen, Linda.
0: I mean, if you just want to make words up.
1: I've not. So, I'm not the only one that thought irregardless was a word.
0: Okay, well, go ahead. Sorry.
1: You won't let me see Matthew's say my Hope
0: stuff. Detox.
1: So, in St. Joseph's. Matthew's Hope is a nonprofit 501c3, and we have a few different branches of our foundation. Uh, we're trying to educate and help the public uh, with information, resources, and recommendations on substance use disorder, particularly opiate addiction, but we help alcoholics, meth addicts, any, anything you got, addict. Um, and so, our detox is two weeks. 8 to 10 days usually but something a little less than 2 weeks and then we have what's called recovery support so we mm. follow you for 2 years for free with our recovery coaches helping you navigate your recovery every step of the way and in addition to that, we offer microcurrent neurofeedback um, at our outpatient clinic. It's in the two ninety six ten North Loop West area. And mm-hmm. so if anyone wants any information about the resources we offer, you can give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's eight four four two six three four six seven three, 263 4673 Or visit either one of our websites. MatthewsHope.org is more about the foundation. Or MHDRP.org is about the detox.
0: Thank you very much for listening to us today on KPRC 950 AM here in Houston, 1 p.m. Central.
1: Sundays at 1.
0: They know it's today. Today. They're listening today at 1 p.m.
1: I'm time traveling right now (laughs) without alcohol. Isn't that weird?
0: Anyways, yeah, we do air Sundays at 1 p.m. Central, KPRC 950. If you want to listen to us live-ish on Sundays at 1 and you're not in Houston, you can always go to the iHeartRadio app and give it a download. It's free. You and should do
1: that anyway. Even if you are in Houston, download the iHeart app. Go to our channel, Relevant Recovery Radio. All of our past episodes are right there. That's right. That's Right Right there. Right there.
0: Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and after today's show, you may get some messages on uh, we'll Facebook.
1: See. We'll <laughs> see what I let you say. Yeah. I'm off today because I'm tired.
0: We went to a concert last night, which I touted before we ever left, our last metal concert before no, it's we not even my,
1: went. No, you keep saying that, so...
0: My last.
1: Maybe your last, not my last. I'm
0: just too old for it. You
1: are old. I'm not. Yeah.
0: Let that silence sit for a minute. <laughs> Let that silence sit.
1: Um, so, yeah, we went to a one of my favorite, uh, I guess I would call it opera metal.
0: Uh, I would say rock opera is a good way to describe it. Avenged Sevenfold.
1: At the Cynthia Woods Pavilion. We've had those tickets for like nine or ten months. Since April. Um, because know. they were supposed to come like four years ago. Two or three, yeah. And he broke his vocal cords, which he does often apparently, and had to get did something you, fixed. Did break them? snapped him in half.
0: He possibly damaged his vocal cords and had to have a surgery. <laughs> something like that.
1: Listen, with your technical words. Anyways. Yeah,
0: bro- so there was a brokification of his... <laughs> vocalizing mechanisms I was
1: so I saw them like I don't know 13 years ago and uh it was right after Rev died of an overdose which is Mm. why I'm bringing it up because addiction you know is prevalent in the whole world and uh, really prevalent in uh, the music industry so their drummer uh the Rev had passed away from an overdose and I saw them live right after that and it was just an amazing concert and so I really wanted to see them again, particularly with you, because you and I had never seen them. Mm-hmm. And The uh, last
0: time I saw them, so my daughter turns 29 this month. She was probably 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. You do the math because I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, where you have trouble with the speakification, I have <laughs> trouble with mathematics.
1: You don't maths well?
0: I don't. <laughs> I don't.
1: You don't maths well?
0: So yeah, so I took her when she was uh, a, a teenager so and, this is uh, a band
1: that's probably been around like 25 plus years.
0: So, so, pro, I don't know.
1: I don't know. A long time. And uh, I'm a big metal rock and roll fan. Um, that's my genre of choice. And it was when I met you. I've, I've
0: always been a metal fan. I'm just getting to an age. It's <laughs> Look, I, I mean, just, the, the screaming, the cursing, the sort of like abrupt nature of it kind of it's, I'm not saying it's wrong and that you shouldn't listen. I, I I applaud it. It's just not for me anymore. I think I've outgrown it. Because
1: you're, th- you're old. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you're really freaking old. And it's I, just
0: not my thing anymore. Listen, you know?
1: I'm tired today because we didn't like leave there till like 11, which was way past my bedtime. Yeah. And uh, but I'm glad we went. I had a wonderful time. I know that I'm kind of old. Kind of old. Because I preemptively took three Advil before we left the house to go to the concert.
0: You did. You did. (laughs)
1: Because I knew it was going to be loud.
0: But it was a good show. Uh, M. Shadows, the lead singer, you can tell his vocal cords have an expiration date. I don't mm. know how much longer he can do this.
1: Well, he said he was sick. So and he was that's sick. A- uh-huh. But still,
0: I mean, his voice is pretty specialized. It's up there with Lane Staley. and
1: Yeah. It's a very, very unique sound of what he's capable of doing. And um,
0: I'll I tell you what my highlight of the evening was, actually, was mm. the fans. Yeah. I mean, that crowd knew every word of every song. And when they did, was it so far away Mm -hmm. with everybody lighting their phones up and that whole stadium lit up like daylight. It was pretty fantastic. That's
1: the fun part about concerts for me. There was probably, I don't know, like 12,000 people there.
0: I think Cynthia Woods holds, it's 12 or 15,000. Yeah. And it was pretty
1: packed. Um, You know, and um, there's just some sort of special camaraderie or like place of sense of belonging Mm -hmm. when you bring that many people together uh, singing the same lyrics together. And there's just an excitement and energy about it.
0: Yeah. And And you had you had the crowd was all ages last night. All
1: yeah. They had babies there. And I will say this about all metal crowds. They're the best crowds to be in. They are kind. They are considerate. People are always like, oh, I'm scared. No, they're kind people.
0: We've never had an issue. We've been going to metal concerts our whole relationship. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here in a moment with Relevant Recovery Radio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. No. Real Recovery Radio, welcome back. Welcome back. So, yeah, so we're both a little tired today. Um,
1: yeah, I was saying metal concerts aren't scary. A lot of people have never been would think the crowd's scary.
0: They're scary looking, but very unified in their metaldom.
1: Yeah, and, and kind. Like, you know, you're not robbing each other or anything. But,
0: like, every time we were sitting on the end of the row, and every time people would pass by us getting in and out we're of the sorry. row, they're, excuse sorry, me. excuse me. I'm like, so sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah
1: and so that's typical in my experience of most metal and i've been to you know manson rob zombie uh Ute slipknot you name it they're all they're yeah. all you know what the scariest crowd i've ever been in ever hmm. primus well that's <laughs> okay so...
0: <laughs> okay hold on, hold on. check but disparaging comments so at the door primus <laughs> itself
1: is not a scary band at all no um but they attract the weirdest scariest crowd i've ever been in and it was my first concert sober
0: not to say any disparaging comments about primus fans no me
1: and michelle were in sober living and she's like we got to go see primus so we drove to san antonio and uh we're sober but i can't tell you how much drugs were done near me? Beer spilt on me. There, it was um, a scary crowd. People were running around in like bunny costumes. It, it
0: is a different crowd. <laughs> I would I would put with that crowd like the old Ministry, yeah. revolting blank. You yeah. know those those bands. They were all sort of that. Just kind of um, I don't want to say fringe, but just yeah, just
1: but it's just a very sw- lively crowd. <laughs> yeah, very lively. <laughs> it was unique and fun. But we had a great time.
0: Yeah. And, and things are going fairly well for us. Um, I'm going to bring it up. I'm just going to talk about it. So something that is going on in our lives and the lives of everybody this last week.
1: So bring it up from our trip perspective first. And,
0: and it is from our, this is affecting we us. So Heather and I put a deposit and we have the cash saved up, saved up to do a trip to Israel in February with our church.
1: Yeah. And this has been months in the planning.
0: And we were very excited about this.
1: I am very excited. I'm still hopeful. Um,
0: I'm not. I don't think we're going. No. Uh, I think this thing in the Middle East is just beginning and I think it's going to be really big. Um, I think we're staring at major geopolitical upheaval and possible war. I mean, it's, it's just, it's big and it's something that deserves attention.
1: I read that what happened in Israel uh, that Hamas did was uh, equivalent to three 9-11s When you look per at capita. the per
0: capita, when you look at the amount of people in Israel versus the amount of Americans in the U.S. And here's the thing is everybody has to go, this is bigger than, or they have to go extraordinary and extreme, it's but here's the bottom to, it's line. It's
1: just trying to put it into perspective because yeah. we are Americans and living here, I remember how incredibly impactful 9-11 was. It was
0: devastating. Up, and for
1: weeks. Like, and,
0: and what was the appropriate response for the United States? Outrage. We invaded two different countries. Yeah. And I believe today that was appropriate because we needed to eradicate that terrorism. These people have no value for human life at all. Yeah. None. In fact, they will tell you that they want to die. Yeah. And so my problem with all of this is the political rhetoric that's following it. The, this, the typical tribal choosing of sides, you have to side with Palestine, side with Israel, and it's really kind of sickening. Yeah, To me, it's sickening. Um, <clears throat>
1: because I, not, so even though, you know, my heart breaks and I'm praying for and I stand with Israel, I, I think that everybody deserves a right to exist and have a home. Oh yeah. yeah, and so and there are wonderful Palestinian people too, in caught in the grips of all of this, and so mm-hmm. it's just incredibly sad, and I don't think that you can like label one people group as the bad people. But here's the other
0: problem: is that you got you got the man on the street. You know, are you pro-Israel, pro-Palestine? And here's the problem: the young people that are pro-Palestine, if you ask them further to tell you any of the history of the region. Mm -hmm. they They don't have a clue
1: i've been seeing on social media like the free palestine stuff you know and it's like they're already free they already have the west bank they have the gaza they elected hamas as their government this hamas is elected by the region of gaza
0: israel withdrew from gaza in 2005 hamas was elected in 2006 so now I don't. Maybe they were force selected, right? I don't know that terrorists really give you (laughs) give you the choice. But for whatever reason, didn't
1: we? Like explain that.
0: (laughs) But for whatever reason, but Israel pulled out of Gaza in two thousand five. So this is this is old news. They they I hear about apartheid. It's not
1: existing over there anymore.
0: It's they love this rhetoric. It seems in the United States where if I don't agree with you, I call you the most vile names. I call you a fascist, a Nazi. It's what so not happened, helpful. But what happened Saturday was Nazi. I'm sorry, but it was. I I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to know, and, and I watched some videos. You and I watched some videos that I can't get out of my head of what Hamas themselves...
1: Did, said, and are bragging about.
0: And videoed them. Oh, my God, I watched that girl. They interviewed no, no, the no, girl no, whose grandmother um, was, was killed by Hamas, and then Hamas took her phone and posted her death to her own Facebook page, and that's how her family found out she was... like. Could you even like step back from your political view, step back from your side-taking for a moment, and imagine being that family. Be human for a second.
1: And with all of the um, things that are... Because I think that the population just kind of hears the talking points from mm-hmm. whatever media they listen to or whatever, social. Um, but if they actually go and watch... The videos of what's literally happening and the, oh and the God. first-hand accounts, like there's not a reason in earth that that would be okay.
0: Like, can you, as an American, <clears throat> as an American citizen, can you say that nine eleven was justified in any way? The senseless, needless loss of life for
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't care what your political views are. Yeah,
1: I mean, I even take, I grew up in Oklahoma and I remember the Murrah bombing. You know, and it was just uh, there was a daycare in that building, <laughs> you know, and so it's just incredibly evil. I think evil's in the world and it's sad, but, it, you know, we should be able to say some an act is evil. Something is not right. Correct. And um, and so that's I'm just like wanting to like pray for everybody. That's and and not only there. are we
0: praying for our brothers and sisters in Israel, but we're praying for the the Christian Palestinians and the Palestinian civilians that have nothing, nothing to, do to do with do this. With this. But I will say that Israel did put out I mean we heard it, right? SMS, leaflets, they're doing everything they can telling the Palestinians that can't get out of Gaza. Get out. Mm-hmm. Because this has to be eradicated. You cannot allow people that welcome death, that <laughs> I'm blown away that anybody doesn't see these people didn't just go kill people. They raped young women. And raped children. them. they Raped children, killed children, mutilated children. Like, this is not about anger and death. This is about, this is savagery of a next level that Westerners do not, not comprehend. They don't understand it. Uh-uh. You cannot go in and talk to people like this and try and talk them out of it. By the way, there have been many, many, many failed attempts at Israel with Israel to work with the Arabs in the region, the Muslims in the region, and they refuse it every time. They refuse it every time at every cost. They don't
1: want that.
0: Because one of the things that I have done is I don't want to sound ignorant. I don't want to be one of those people that hears a talking point. I I don't want to be one of those people that thinks that somebody is the underdog that isn't or that somebody thinks whatever. I want to be somebody that understands the history. There's a history there. It's a long long history. 4,000 years. Um, and it's not an easy topic and it's not something that's just cut and dry and here it is. And I, what I would encourage people to do is go study to YouTube, go to books and go study the history. Don't just take sides, and be I, and human, I, be human and understand that the atrocities that were, that were this anger that was taken on these people, they didn't deserve it. These are people like all of us. They're just citizens who were raped, mutilated, murdered. And they didn't do anything wrong. And that's wrong, period. I don't care where you're from, what you think, and who you side with. I don't care.
1: And I think one good point that we heard was like there was a dance nightclub event happening, like a rave sort of thing. It was a rave. In uh, like near Tel Aviv. And and this is a secular population. This isn't even like... Not
0: religious. Not
1: This isn't even like the religious people. Correct. It, a bunch they of kids. just happen to be in the wrong area and, yep. and have the wrong bloodline. You know, it's sad.
0: Right, and they went in and murdered almost 300 of them, unarmed children. praying for everybody. Absolutely. So uh, if we haven't lost you already, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. (laughs) We do have a topic. Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosher. We're sure glad you're listening today. All right, so we're going to move from that. Uh, This broadcast is sponsored by Donnie's Cocaine Cold Brew. (laughs) I got this really cool cold brew set, and it makes like a gallon of cold brew at a time. (laughs) And I really shouldn't drink more than literally like a measured cup at a time, but I overdo it as I do with everything. Yeah. And right now I'm having hot flashes. I want to bounce out of my chair and jump out the window. I'm so glad we didn't
1: ride together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving Heather and
0: I did a podcast for a friend of ours recently, a lady named Miranda.
1: Southern Soul Chats. Southern Soul
0: Chats on Spotify. And we... um, the first episode was prior to Donnie's Cocaine Cold Brew, and it was really good. Right? You talked, I talked, and
1: yeah, it was a conversation.
0: Yeah, we recorded <laughs> the second one, and when we left, you were really angry, and I'm like, "What?" And you're like, "You
1: were interrupting me." Blah 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 blah. blah. You wouldn't blah. let me
0: talk at all. And I'm like, "You're crazy. You're just like you, you were in a, a weird place at the time anyway." I was like, "This is all on you, bro." Well, <laughs> well, well. We well what happened l- was you yeah, listened, listened to it. We listened right. to it, and I would say the first. 20 minutes. I interrupted you a lot into even the point that Miranda was like, Well, no more cold brew for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not stopping. But you've
1: done it again.
0: But I needed and it. And I don't
1: have Miranda here to shut you up. I
0: needed it for the show. <laughs> I got to be alive for the show. So,
1: what the topic is today is help with <sighs> self. This is, this are ideas around steps. And if you six. are still with us, oh, you're interrupting me again.
0: I know, but I just want to say this. If you are still with us, look. I do I want to close that out because it's such a hot topic. I don't want it to be political. It shouldn't be political. It either. should be about humans, humans that were
1: listen, humans it, it, it's, we th- there should be more humanity in humans, right? We should we're called to love each other. we don't have to agree on political things. We don't have to agree with anything. like we we should still love and care and right. and value human life. That's it. I think human life has intrinsic value, and there are certain things that occur which should show us that other people don't think life has intrinsic value. And, and they openly say it. And we should believe them when they say that, that that's what they think.
0: Because this is not really about Christian Palestinians or—, or um, Judaism. Or, no, no, it's about a terrorist group called Hamas— who wants to die, they want to die for their cause. They did it to us on 9-11. They did it to Israel on Saturday. That's what this needs to remain focused on. And if you do want to get in a discussion about this conflict on a political level, all I'm encouraging is it, go read, be go, informed, go inform yourself on the history, not and only understand get informed, it.
1: but speak kindly to one another, have just kind conversation. It's okay to disagree, yeah,
0: and it's okay yeah.
1: to present facts to each other, yeah. Um, and because we can all learn from each other, nobody right. knows everything.
0: And, and I'm the first to tell you, even though everything I've read and watched and everything, like it, it is messy. The Middle East is messy. It always has been. And according to the Bible, it always will be.
1: So I'm still hopeful that things will turn around for the good and we can still go to Israel and Oh, well, I ain't going. I'm not going. <laughs> and, I'm not going. And uh, so anyways, we're going to talk yeah, about.
0: So we'll, we'll, we'll end the Israel talk there, but please. all we're, we we want to leave you with is Keep please the... do get educated on the history so that you can speak informed and just remember the humanity Put yourself in the place of a mother who had to watch her child be killed in front of her.
1: Yeah.
0: And and I'll leave it at that. All right. So today.
1: We're going to now try to talk about step six and seven from yeah. the 12-step world.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to read uh, step six and seven. That'll get us started and we'll talk about it. You ready? Okay. Go. <clears throat> so this is from uh, that fellowship we don't talk about because we might be involved in it. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. We don't want to break that tradition. <laughs> We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. That's six, step six. And seven is, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Question. Already? Yep. Okay.
1: Is defects of character and shortcomings two different things?
0: No. Correct. Bill didn't want to be repetitive. Oh. Yeah.
1: Redundant. We can say the author of the book.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he didn't want to be repetitive. so He
1: used different words, meaning the same thing. Shortcomings are character defects. Yeah.
0: But what are they talking about here? So when we talk about steps six and seven, give me an overview of what it is the steps are, are there for. What are we trying to do?
1: So in a, the broadest sense, the steps are there to give me a spiritual awakening that I desperately need so that I'm she connected. really does, folks. So that I'm connected to a power greater than myself that keeps me sober and removes my desire to drink and do drugs. So that's the biggest overview. But how do I get a spiritual awakening? What is the formula to make this spiritual experience occur? And so, in the middle chunks of the steps, particularly four through nine, uh, they're referred to as house cleaning. And my soul, my spirit, is the house and it needs to be cleaned. Oh, yes, it does. (laughs) And uh, preach, sister. So, we go through this process of four and five um, so that I can find out in step six. Mm How defective I am inside. Period.
0: Is there a measure?
1: And well, it was a long list that yeah. my sponsor handed to me. And everybody kind of gets sponsored differently, but my sponsor gave me a list of the character defects that she heard me admit to in my fifth step. And so I had this initial list to operate off of.
0: So if you were to give us a summary of, of steps sum- of steps one through five, less than ten words for each. How would you do it to show folks how you build up to six and seven?
1: In less than 10 words each. Yep. Step one. Step one is I am guaranteed to drink or do drugs again.
0: Because I have no power. Step two.
1: Step two is uh, I'm willing to believe that hopefully there's a power in the universe that could help me. Step three. I'm going to make a decision to try to seek and get connected to that power via working the rest of the steps. Step four. I'm going to write a personal moral inventory um, examining how I've lived my life. I'm
0: going to look at my grosser handicaps. Step five.
1: You read it to another human being.
0: And if you're reading it to the right person, <laughs> they're going to tell
1: you some truth.
0: That's right. You're going to leave that lots room truth. with having to have swallowed large chunks of truth about yourself that don't taste good.
1: And so um, based so, on that, we land at step six and seven today, which is this idea where I'm finally um, growing awareness to what my defects of character or my shortcomings are. And there's lots that are repetitive and prevalent And everybody has them. No human is perfect. Mm -hmm. And so anyone could work the steps and and find this out, even if they're not a drug addict or alcoholic. But we learned that alcoholics are much more self-centered than the normal person, apparently. Yes, you are. They call a self-will run riot, though we usually don't think so. And so when when I read my first list of character defects, you know, like I blame others or have a victim mentality or... Um, I judge others or I'm arrogant or I'm self-righteous or I seek validation from others or is, there's, there's. Is just... there any
0: difference between defect and sin? Uh,
1: technically, no, but certain words can cause a prejudice based on each individual's background. And so the 12-step world doesn't use that, but a, a religious person might use that word instead. But I think that in a religious context, Uh, The word sin is more connected to an action, and Mm -hmm. that's not the case in the 12-step
0: world Okay. uh,
1: per se. Uh, In the 12-step world, the character defects can be a lot in your own thought process. Negative thinking is a character defect, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Blaming others for—and not taking personal responsibility, being uh, irresponsible with finances. There's external actions that can be character defects, too, like gambling, shopping, porn, food, whatever.
0: So— in your opinion or your experience, what is at the root of all character defects?
1: Either selfishness or fear.
0: Okay. Self-reliance, selfishness, fear.
1: Selfishness and fear is at the root, and because people do things to protect themselves, um, people do things as um, survival instincts, um, and they think, "Well, I have to do that to be okay," or I, you know, um, and it's really. What it means is you're living life in self-will or self-reliance, not a spiritually directed life. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'll give you an example because one of my key character defects was seeking validation from men and I had but you know you know this year before you I had really poor boundaries with men mm-hmm. And so one of my character defects was seeking validation from men. Um, but I did those things um, because there was a reward temporarily, a band-aid, mm-hmm. a counterfeit pay off in the moment to get attention, to get Mm -hmm. a compliment, to be pursued, right? But I was fooling myself about the value of those things, and I was actually ruining my own life.
0: And so when we talk about that, you know, for a long time in the 12 steps, I really discounted six. It didn't make a lot of sense to me until something like that comes up.
1: Six is very different than initially when you work in the steps versus later living life in the steps.
0: But let's talk about that. Right, so your behavior was bad, End but sobriety. you were but you were getting a lot out of it initially. So, wh- where did six really hit for you? Becoming willing.
1: Um, I don't know. It was like, it was like God told me, Heather, you don't get to get away with this anymore, and stay sober. It was like not audibly, uh, but God like told me in my consciousness that I wasn't going to get to grow spiritually and stay sober if I continued doing X, Y, and Z, because Mm -hmm. he wasn't cool with it.
0: Well, and the other thing about that, too, is that, you know, if sixes were entirely ready to have God remove these defects, why do I have to become willing and get entirely ready? And that is because... You were getting something, whether counterfeit or wrong, out of that. Mm-hmm. You were getting validation, esteem, attention, all of these things. And
1: before that moment, the that you esteem, had to be willing to get rid of the esteem was more important than God being happy with me.
0: Ooh, okay. So we're gonna dig a little bit more into this when we come back. We'll move on from six to seven. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with relevant recovery radio. Uh Uh Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts Heather and Donnie Mosier. Heather, what is that number for that detox?
1: (laughs) The Matthews Hope Foundation, 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673.
0: And I'd like to say real quick that Matthews Hope as an organization does not share the comments or (laughs) opinions of Heather and Donnie Mosier.
1: (laughs) They just gave us microphones on accident.
0: This is really their fault. (laughs) Okay, so, <laughs>
1: so step want, six we find in you some find of out our what literature, they are, awareness.
0: but in step six we find in our literature that it's really about willingness, yeah. and so if I've been placing this value, if I have been receiving value from others, and in whatever way I'm doing it, whether it's lying, deceiving, manipulating, sexually, whatever, I'm getting something from them. I'm getting mm-hmm. um, a, oh, I don't even know what to call it. Um,
1: there's a value.
0: There's a payoff. There's a value. Mm-hmm. and The reason it's willing is because I have to be willing to let that go and not seek the same and be willing to be different. I'll
1: say this real quick. I met someone once that said that they were stuck on step six and I laughed out loud and I'm like, how in the heck is that possible? And he's like, well, I'm not willing to give this one defect up. Mm. And, uh, and so he goes, I think I have a step six problem. And I said, no, you don't. You have a step one problem. You don't know how screwed you are at staying sober if you don't get willing. So maybe you need to drink again to figure that out. Well, that's rough. And he did drink again and figured it out and became willing.
0: i bet he did.
1: Um, But so then we move into step seven. Read it again.
0: All right. So humbly asked him, him, capital H, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings.
1: So step seven clearly indicates who does the actual work in removing it.
0: And I love that you're going that direction.
1: um, Because I want to pick another part of the literature um, that isn't even there in step six and seven. It's back on page 62. Um, But it says, uh, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. There is often no way of getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us have moral convictions galore, but you can't live up to them, even though you'd like to. Neither can you reduce your own self-centeredness by wishing or trying on your own power. You have to have God's help. And so it makes it really clear who does the actual removing. So,
0: And why are you making this clear? Because
1: I hear people all the time (laughs) that say, well, God's done this and this, or God's removed this and this, but I'm still working on blank.
0: I'm working on such and such. But I'm working
1: on blank. (laughs) And I think to myself, are you that's cute. That's cute. Do yeah. you think you are working on yeah. that? Um, because we're not talking about it from that angle. Yes, or if can most humans make a different decision and execute that decision? Sure.
0: If I could remove all of my defect but and sin, wouldn't I just do that?
1: You'd just be God.
0: I would just... And then
1: you wouldn't need God. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, so, you know, unfortunately, it usually takes like something dramatic like drugs and alcoholism to be come to a place to even want to seek this sort of freedom, but it's sad that that's the case.
0: But here's the, here's the beauty, though. Um,
1: so my point okay, go ahead. to that go ahead. is that self doesn't fix self.
0: Can't. Can't. Can't do it.
1: And do you want to do your dishwasher analogy, well, or would you like me?
0: Uh, we do have a dishwasher at home, and I've been looking for the button that says fix. <laughs> that way, when it breaks, I just hit the button, and it fixes itself. And so what the, what the, the premise of that is... Is that if my dishwasher breaks, I can't fix it, and it can't fix it. i got to call the manufacturer, and I am no different. If I'm broken in any area, i got to call the manufacturer.
1: So there's someone who designed me that knows my ins and outs, and my software, and my hardware, and my motherboard, and all of that, right? And, uh, and it's so important to understand that human power of change, real change, is very limited long-term. And yeah. there is a possibility of real, long-lasting, supernatural change that you can't achieve on your own.
0: So here's my here's my take on it, and and I'm going to talk about two fellowships, because in a way, neither one of them are different. Okay. Number one, because I have to rely on him, whoever that him is for you. For Heather and I, it's a very fundamental, easy, just you know, easy description of our him. But if I'm going to rely on him to remove these defects of character, it doesn't say that I do anything except practice the 12 steps, Mm -hmm. right? So let me
1: reward that. It doesn't say that I do anything else other than try to put spiritual principles in action in my life.
0: But that is the 12 steps, Mm -hmm. right? And so if I practice the 12 steps, therefore putting eyes upon him and I put all I have toward the program of recovery, which is the 12 steps, because the 12 step is helping others, blah, blah, blah. If I'm doing that, uh, I don't have to worry about the stuff on the peripheral, um, my behavior, my uh, my um, worship of Marnie. things that do mm-hmm. nothing for me, my, like, what it's saying is put your eyes on him, walk these uncomfortable steps, do these things, and he will remove it. He will convict. I'll re- he re- will I'll do reward this. it in a
1: different way. I think society is quite self-obsessed, whether the drug alcoholic or not.
0: Just in general, Just the in west. Just in general,
1: everybody is so concerned with their freaking selves, and and so there is this weird energy in the world uh, to put yourself first and to love yourself first. And I need some me time, some self
0: time. And
1: you know, I laugh when I end up with a sponsee that says something like that, you know. And it, you ever hit them? Uh, I want to. Yeah. You know? No, but it's um, <laughs> it's funny because I'm like, here's the deal. You've focused on you your whole life. Mm-hmm. Your whole life you've focused on you. Now it's time to start looking at life from a different angle. You are not important. You are not significant. Your feelings don't matter. And what you want doesn't matter. All that matters is are you aligned with God's will for you? Because that's where real freedom, true freedom and happiness come from. Because here's the thing. When it, when it talks about that we all have moral or philosophical convictions that we can't live up to... I knew in my mind what a good mother was and I didn't have the ability to be that. I knew in my mind what a decent wife was and I didn't have the ability to be that. I knew in my mind what a good steward of money was but I didn't have the ability to live that out.
0: And how long did you spin your wheels over and over and just think, well if I just show up different, if I just apply myself, if, if I, just I just marry
1: a different guy?
0: And and what generally <laughs> happens is when you finally Wait, was that during No,
1: it was the first two. Oh, okay. you're, you're you're fine now.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> For the most most of the time. (laughs) Um, What we generally find is that we get to this place where life's not getting better. We've been in the fellowship for a while. We're practicing these principles as best we can. And we look back and we go, wait a minute. What am I missing? I haven't been applying God to this stuff. Mm -hmm. I've been spinning my wheels over and over. And if I look at really some of the only fact in my life, in fact, is my experience. My experience is, is that no matter how much I tried to apply myself, no matter how much I tried to show up differently Ultimately, I failed every time.
1: So I want to correlate. And we have to see
0: that. That's the that is the experience we need so to be convicted. The
1: type of issue that you and I are trying to talk about yeah. is: think of it, listeners. There are things that you do in life that you wish you didn't do. Mm. There are things that you're like, "I'm never doing that again." But you do. But you do. Yeah. Why? I I wish people understood that. We don't just have the power to snap our fingers and choose no longer to do that, in most cases, with certain things. It depends on how deep the addiction is.
0: But the other part of the problem with that, too, is if I have this belief that I can fix it, every time I do it, uh, I feel guilt and shame, which actually drives me to do it more. more. But once I get the realization, once I realize that I don't actually have the power to fix it, mm-hmm. and then I am going to look to a power outside myself to fix it, It's almost like a freedom. There's a beautiful
1: relief to that. There
0: is. There is. You go, okay, so each time I do it, I'm not going to beat myself up, and I'm going to ask that power to help me. I'm going to ask God to help me, right?
1: And I remember that's what it kind of came to head for me. I was like three months sober, living in sober living, when God held me accountable to my seeking validation behavior. And I just remember God really convicting me and and asking me what to not do anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. in my mind, I said out loud to God, how? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how to have healthy boundaries. I, back then, I did not know how to carry myself as a woman with grace and dignity and boundaries. Do I do today. I do today. You do it well. But it was because of this experience I had with God at three months sober. It you know, radically changed me. And, and that issue, that defect, has never returned.
0: And the funny thing is is that you had that issue early in sobriety. I had that issue midway in sobriety. hmm you used to have men hitting you up all the time. I had women hitting me up, and we have nobody hitting us up today. Isn't <laughs> that weird? What's changed? But it's
1: so, I've changed spiritually, and it's so weird because now I carry myself a certain way, and I think that people know they couldn't get away with that. So I encourage our listeners to please just, like, beg God for help in these areas. Figure out how you can ask him to give you the power
0: that's right and look at your past with an honest view and look at the times that you've tried and failed and it's okay
1: and don't forget those who stand for nothing will fall for anything
0: and look to him who can give you everything you need hashtag god though